It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On MLB Fantasy Minute is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the most fun I've had playing daily fantasy baseball and winning up to 25 times my money. Download the app today and use the code Locked On MLB for a first deposit match up to $100. Exploring my skills on Prize Picks this season adds an extra layer of excitement to daily fantasy sports. With just a few taps, you can transform $10 into $1,000 if you've got the skills. Prize Picks is incredibly user friendly. I can make my selections and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. As the host of Locked On Fantasy Baseball, here are some rock solid picks. Opt for Shohei Otani to have less than 38.5 home runs this season. Opt for Bobby Miller to have higher than 150.5 strikeouts this season. And for Bryce Harper to have higher than 97.5 ribbies this season. Download the app today and use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Again, download the app today. Use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. You are Locked On Reds. Your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The 2020 season did not quite go as planned for Reds fans as the playoffs ended abruptly in the wild card round. Now the Reds are left to pick up the pieces during the offseason and fix a lineup that was the worst in Major League Baseball. How are they going to do it? What are they going to do? Rumors, transactions, news, all here on the Locked On Reds podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Carr. Let's go. What's going on, Reds fans? Welcome in to the Locked On Reds podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today on today's show. Going to take you back to 2010. That's right, a year in which the Reds won the division. We're talking about our man Joseph Daniel Votto. Had our player focus episode yesterday reviewing his 2020 and taking a look at what's coming down the road for the Reds and Joseph Daniel. So today I wanted to go back and celebrate one of the best years you'll ever see for a Cincinnati Reds hitter because 2010 was amazing. Joey Votto had all kind of crazy numbers, and obviously that was the year that he won the MVP as well. We're going to talk about that all here and also want to talk about his contract that everybody loves to malign so much. I'm going to defend it here on today's episode. Thank you so much for downloading. Hopefully that you're subscribed. That way you don't miss any episodes or anything like that. All right. So let's jump into it. 2010 was a special year to be a Reds fan. I remember being at the ballpark many times to see lots of games from the team that year. Obviously, the first thing that we can remember when we look back on 2010 is clinchmas. We all remember that amazing home run that Jay Bruce hit to walk him off against the Astros and clinch the division. But much of the year belonged to the man at first base. Left field going back. We're going home. Joey's done it again. Joey Votto, a walk-off home run, the first of his career, and it gives the Reds a seven-game lead in the Central. I love George Grand, and I know that there were a lot of people that, for some reason, don't have that high of opinion of him, but I kind of miss 
here in a Reds game with George Grant on the play-by-play call. And 2010 actually brought about George Grant and his whole saying with Joey Votto. You can talk about numbers, talk about statistics, but that's Joey Votto. V is in victory. V is in MVP. That's the kind of year. And that was the year that he really just took off and lit the world on fire with his amazing batting statistics all over the place. When you look at the different things that he led the league in, they were phenomenal. And it led to many people being not surprised at all by the fact that he won the MVP. In fact, I remember Tim Kirkjian kind of analyzing Joey Votto as the NL MVP that year. A little surprised it was as big a margin, but he unquestionably should have been the MVP in the National League this year. Bucci, as you know, when you lead the league in on-base percentage and slugging percentage, you are almost by definition the best offensive player in the league. Then you throw in that he was second in the league in hitting, third in home runs and RBIs, and he did all of that for a team that won the NL Central. And then you look at when he was at his best. From the seventh inning on, he hit 356 with 14 homers and 41 RBIs. That's the triple crown in that category, and nobody's done that in the last 35 years. So you put the whole package together, and I'm not surprised at all that he won. Uh, Albert Pujols, again, had another sensational year, but Joey Votto, to me at least, was clearly the MVP of the National League. You heard those stats. Those are amazing stats. And when we think about what Joey Votto is today, and we, and like I mentioned on yesterday's episode, I'm kind of looking for the Reds to maybe create a timeshare, maybe kind of cut his playing time back a little bit so that you give him more rest and you keep him fresh throughout the season. Back then, he was just swinging and he was mashing dingers and it was amazing. I mean, he had 37 home runs that year. Most homers in a season in his career and talking about how successful he was at the plate. it's it. I know the 2010 version of Joey Votto isn't walking through the door this coming season, but it's just awesome to look back on how good Joey Votto was because it's easy to forget now that he is almost a liability in the lineup. Back then, he was everything that the Reds were. As he went, so did the Reds, and that's such a huge reason as to why they won the division. With those 37 home runs, he had 114 RBIs. Dude hit over 320 for the entire season. Like you, like Kirk Jen mentioned, he was third in the league in batting. Just absolutely phenomenal and super clutch throughout the entire year. You could count on Joey Votto bringing in the run that the Reds needed when they needed it the most. And 2010 was the reason that he gets the massive contract that he does. And don't get me wrong, he performed amazingly even after signing that contract. It's not as if he signed the deal and then just went and hit and just collected his paycheck and that's all you heard from Joey Votto. No, he continued to be everything that the Reds wanted him to be. But 2010 was such an amazing year. Looking at some of the uh, split statistics, some of the deeper numbers that you have on Joseph Daniel Votto, it's amazing to look at. One of the things that just absolutely astounds me is on first pitch. Whenever he swung at the first pitch that he saw in the about, we all know that he is a master of the strike zone, and he knows when to take that first pitch. He also knows when to swing at it, too. Back in 2010, he had a 415 batting average on the first pitch that he saw. He hit seven home runs on that first pitch. It was absolutely phenomenal. And one of the crazier things, this isn't really indicative of anything, it's just kind of funny, when he faced a 3-0 count, 
He only put one he would swing he didn't swing that much, obviously, but when he was facing a three oh count, the one ball that he put in play whenever he swung at a three oh pitch, that was a home run. That's just Joey Votto for you. He knows exactly, and this is like prime Joseph Daniel Votto when it comes to evaluating the strike zone and knowing what to swing at and what not to swing at. I remember specifically that season. I went to a Reds-Indians game, and I was sitting down the first baseline in the lower bowl area, and I remember specifically he had an at-bat, and he steps into the batter's box. He's facing the Indians reliever at the time. It was Joe Smith, and it was a game in which the Reds were just firmly ahead, absolutely murdering the Indians in this game, and he steps into the batter's box against Smith, and he gets set. You know, he does his little pre-pitch routine and he settles into the batter's box gets his feet set and he stares at the pitcher first pitch is a ball Joey doesn't move then he doesn't do a thing to get ready for the next pitch he literally taps his bat on the plate and gets back into his stance and stares at the pitcher kind of unnerves him a little bit next pitch is a ball Joey doesn't move doesn't even tap the plate at this point maybe kind of shimmies himself a little bit but keeps staring at the pitcher At this point, the Indians catcher then gets up from his stance behind the plate and kind of shakes himself off, kind of tries to slow down the at-bat a little bit. Joey's unfazed. Next pitch is ball three. Unbelievably, the catcher then calls time to go out and talk to the pitcher because I think they were a little unnerved. They're like, what the hell is happening? What, What is Joey doing? Even while the time is called, while while the catcher goes out and talks with Joe Smith on the mound, Joey doesn't move. He stays in the batter's box. Obviously, the next pitch is a ball, a four-pitch walk. And honestly, when you look at the stat sheet, that's like nothing. That's the most Joey Votto thing ever, taking a four-pitch walk. But the way that he took it, he was just in such a zone in 2010 that pitchers couldn't handle it. There was a lot of pitchers that got on the mound. They're like, whew, I don't know what to do with this guy. And that is, more than anything, what led to him having such a fantastic year. He was such in the zone that nobody could break him out of that. It it was almost a trance. He was so focused. And that was so amazing to remember that. And and everybody wants to talk about the contract and how he's making too much money or this or that the other. Let me tell you about that contract here in just a minute. But first, let's all celebrate, Joey, with a good bite of a Bilt Bar. Grab a Cherry Barcia, kind of like this one right here. Hang on. Oh, yeah, that's good. Take you a bite of that. If if you got a cherry bar, see, if you don't, go to BuiltBar.com and type in the promo code Locked On. You'll get 20% off your order of whatever you want. You can make a variety box of a couple of different flavors. You can try one flavor specifically. They've got all of the best flavors. And they're protein bars, so they're healthy for you, but they taste like candy bars. They've even got this new formula that they have unveiled over the last couple of months. Absolutely phenomenal. Tastes amazing. It doesn't feel like you're eating like a chalky bar. Like Sometimes you can get some protein bars that really taste like crap. That is not the case with Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, and they're good for you too. When it comes to snacks, I've always said, most of the time you feel guilty after you eat some snacks, like some Oreos or maybe you know some M&Ms, something like that. Not going to happen with a Built Bar because you're going to feel amazing after you eat it too. Check them out, BuiltBar.com. Promo code locked on. You'll get 20% off your next order. So when you talk about Joey Votto, most fans immediately go to his contract. They look and they say, wow, he makes a ton of money. Is he worth it? And most fans also come to the conclusion that 
as much money as he's making, and based on the fact that he's a Cincinnati Red and not a New York Yankee or Los Angeles Dodger in which they have way more money than the Reds, then he is hamstringing the Reds. He is keeping them from making moves because of all the money that he makes, which isn't true because obviously they've spent a lot of money over the last couple of seasons to get to where they are now with having Mike Moustakas and Shogo and Nick Castellanos and Wade Miley, all those different guys. So his his contract's not hamstringing him. In fact, there are ways of calculating the value that he's brought to the Reds. When you look at fan graphs and sites like 538, different things like that, they have expl- explanations as to the value of the money of a contract and how it correlates to wins above replacement. Now, there's an easy calculation to do. You just take all the money that he's made and divide it by the wins above replacement. So I'll look specifically at the contract that he signed. It began back in 2014, and it's steadily increased. So in 2014, he made $12 million. This past season, had it been a normal season, he'd have made $25 million. He ended up making 9.26, which was the prorated amount and all that stuff. But the two years before that, he made $25 million a year. And so you're thinking, wow, the Reds paid a lot for not as much production. But if you average it out from 2014 through 2020, you add up his wins above replacement and you take the money that he made and divide it by those wins above replacement – he cost roughly $4.6 million per war, which actually, based on the uh, numbers that Fangraphs has and 538, is a bargain. They say that per wins above replacement, it should cost around $8 million per war, which means that his average value over the last couple of seasons is way better than how much the Reds have been paying him. In fact, Since he began this extended contract that started in 2014, the only years that he failed to deliver on the value of the contract was 2014. Remember, he was hurt for most of that season. 2019 and 2020. From 2015 through 2018, he was worth more than he was paid according to the way that Fangraphs calculates the wins above replacement and the money that he made. In fact, according to Fangraphs, in 2015, he should have made $58 million. In 2017, when he finished second in the MVP race, he should have made $51 million. He made a lot less than that each of those years. And in fact, in 2016, he should have made 41. And in 2018, even, which we all kind of deem as the beginning of his decline, he still should have made $27.8 million, i.e. $2 million more than he actually made. So the Reds, when you look at the way that we have, and I know most of you are shaking your head, you're like, ugh, analytics. I hate analytics. But it's a better way of understanding how baseball games are won and how teams pay for the wins that they get. And based on this, the contract that everyone so loves to throw in the face of Joey Votto and say, you're making too much money. According to the numbers, he hasn't. And in fact, he's been a bargain for the Reds. So that's one thing that when we look back on Joey Votto, we will remember him for the amazing things that he did. And looking back on his 2010 season, even in fact, 
when they calculated how much he should have been worth in 2010, he should have been worth $41.3 million. Do you know how much he made in 2010? He made just a shade over $500,000. The Reds have gotten a bargain throughout Joey Votto's career. And based on that, it's just it's phenomenal that he's been here his entire career and will finish out his career as a Cincinnati Red. So we've entered that portion of his career where you're thinking, okay, timeshare, maybe lower his playing time a little bit, hopefully keep him fresh by doing that. And it's interesting because after I mentioned that idea, I did get a response on the Locked On Reds line. And this comes from our buddy Risto down in Florida. He said, hey, Jeff, don't put Joey Votto out to pasture. The fella still has a lot to give to the team. He is, as he has been a good mentor to young players and a shoulder to lean on for some of the veterans. One thing he can't change is the aging process that takes place, but he still shows his trademark work ethic and will give 100% every game. I agree with playing him 75% of games string together some consecutive days off, and I think you'll see a Joey like we saw in September of last season. Thanks, Risto. I appreciate the response, and I I agree with you. I'm not saying that the Reds need to move on from him. It'll be really hard for them to do that, but... Looking back on 2010 and looking back on this contract that Joey has had, we've gotten good value from him. Now is kind of the time, and, and you know this isn't really – I'm not advocating for him to put his feet up, but this is the time of the contract where everyone expects a player who's gotten a long-term deal to kind of put his feet up a little bit, to kind of relax. I think that if they hold his playing time to about 75%, maybe 70% of the time – we're going to see an effective Joey Votto. And like Risto said, we're going to see the Joey Votto that we saw in September as opposed to the guy who hit a buck 91 in the month of August. But we will have a much different Joey Votto from the one that we saw in 2010. And that's why I wanted to point that out today. Spend today celebrating the 2010 season, the MVP year that Joey Votto had as he led the Reds to a division championship. Let them to the playoffs. They didn't advance in the playoffs, but sometimes that happens. Hopefully here soon, he'll be a part of a Reds team that advances through the postseason. Thank you so much for listening today. On tomorrow's podcast, we're going to talk more about how the Reds should attack this offseason and take some more Locked On Reds lines questions and reactions and comments, but make sure that you subscribe. That way you don't miss any of the upcoming episodes that I have for you next week. Going to have Chad Dotson on the podcast talking about an awesome story from the old days of Redland Field back when the dead ball era was actually coming to an end. I'm talking a lot about the dead ball era when it comes to throwback episodes, but that's going to be next week. Chad Dotson will join us from Red Leg Nation Radio, but make sure that you are subscribed, that we don't miss any. I've already said that. Never mind. Whatever. You guys know the deal. Thanks so much for listening. I'll talk to you all tomorrow. Go Reds. Let's go Reds. Hey. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.